0: What quiet killer is sabotaging your relationship? We got four. Mm -hmm. Think about it. Think about it. We got four we're gonna run through. You tell us. Hey
1: family, welcome to another episode of Soulful Conversations with Uncle Frank. And Auntie Sheila. As we always ask. How are y'all
0: doing? What's up, fam?
1: What's up? Hope everybody's <laughs> doing well. We're back again. Yes, we, we on are, a roll. We on a roll. We on a
0: roll. It feels, roll. Feels good. It does. It feels does good. Ooh, ooh, yeah. yeah.
1: I remember that song. Y'all remember that? <laughs> you remember Sorry. that? Comment in the in the, in, the, in the comment section. I remember that.
0: And if you say what summer that song came out, we might we'll send you a shirt. Oh and there it is and there it is if you put in the, if you're the first person to put in the comments the yeah. summer of the song that came out we'll get yeah, in you touch know, with you you, send you know the they're
1: gonna google it no i'm
0: just saying i know you gotta do it while you're watching it boop 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 <laughs> like right now boop, boop, boop. one two yeah. three go yeah put in the comment All right. <laughs> first person we're gonna send you we're gonna send you a battle station we're gonna send you some battle station swag we're gonna send you a battle station t-shirt but all right, family. Okay, we let's get in it. Let's get in it. Appreciate
1: each and every one of you yes, for checking absolutely. us out um, on YouTube and on the various, your favorite podcasts apps. We appreciate yes. each and every one of you. And t- today, we are going to get into our, uh, our topic. Our topic. This topic.
0: So we have a question. Yes. Tell them what the question is. The question is, family, what four out of these four what quiet killer is sabotaging your relationship we got four Mm -hmm. think about it think about it we got four we're gonna run through you tell us which out of these four quiet killers are sabotaging your relationship
1: right and and i want to we want to start off with a with a quote from uh that we found from tony robbins the master. So, y'all, Tony Tony Robbins, if you don't know him, Google him. Google him. Master Master coach. Pop up. (laughs) First first search, you'll pop up. And the quote is, do what you did at the beginning of a relationship and it won't end. Now, I have to go... The church and repeat that. One more time. One more time. Say a word, sir. For the people in the back. Say a word, sir. Uh-huh.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do what you did at the beginning of the relationship. Beginning. And it won't end. That's heavy. That's heavy. That's heavy. That's something to think about. That's a bar. To set up not a rap. Not like rap bars, but that's a measure <laughs> to, to to hold. And so, um, we're gonna get into wow. these uh these four.
0: That's making me feel a little sensitive. <laughs> Why is that? Talk to me. Because I don't I think in I think during different seasons mm-hmm. of your relationship. Mm-hmm. Good point. You can fall off of that. Exactly. You know, um and so when we put this quote out there, we put it out there for you to have a say moment. Yeah. Not for you to feel convicted or feel bad. But just think about that. Like what you did in the beginning, you might not be able to do in this season Mm -hmm. because the season is different. So the stuff that you did in the beginning when you didn't have kids and you didn't have bills and you didn't have a house note and you didn't have all that stuff. Yeah. Take the elements, take the fruit of that and figure out how do you still do some of that stuff when you have kids and you Mm -hmm. have dying parents Mm -hmm. and you have layoffs and you Mm -hmm. have COVID and Mm -hmm. you have this and you have that. Mm -hmm. And so it really is a point to ponder Mm -hmm. and not, a place it's, of conviction it's a point to ponder yeah it's a point to ponder and another thing to mention regarding that because
1: you evolve in a relationship
0: absolutely you know
1: like we're not the same people that we were in 1996 when we met 95 95 that's 95. it was 95. it was 95. Mm-hmm. oh I got it
0: wrong. No, it's okay. (laughs) Because it was a long time ago. So we met in 95. We met in June of 95.
1: I won't edit that. I'm going to leave that Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's real. It's
0: okay. We met in June of 95 and we got married in August of 97. Yeah. We met in June of 95. We didn't see each other. And I think I said that because until it
1: wasn't it was in late into that year of It was
0: 97. Yeah. 95. Yeah. It 95. Was late in the
1: year because of things that happened. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Which so is a whole nother podcast, whole nother podcast for podcast a whole nother day. Get into that. So, so, yeah, I mean, because again, um, relationships are something that need work every single day and through those seasons. Yeah. And so, as we get into these things, as you're working on your relationship, mm-hmm. We want to kind of put out some of these things that are called silent killers yes. that people may not realize. So the first of the silent killers is stonewalling.
0: Mm.
1: Stonewalling. Um, and I'm going to look here to make sure I get the definition right. In simple terms, stonewalling is when someone completely shuts down in a conversation or refuses to interact with another person stonewall just think how hard that is just think how situationally if you put yourself there you're trying to have a productive conversation or figure out something and the person you're trying to do that with is in shutdown mode how can you accomplish anything when you have someone in shutdown mode. So if that was to continue throughout a relationship, um, there's some other things that we'll touch on here that it will lead to, but it is a it it blocks all conversation, all communication and it puts people in a position of just getting frigid. People become frigid and cold. And then if you get to that frigidity cold, I don't care, and a couple of other expletives that we won't say on this podcast, it's a bad space to be in, a bad space. And so if anybody, if you're listening, if you're watching Stonewalling, please break that up and have a conversation because we don't want you to go mm-hmm. the opposite route as it relates to what can happen from a person Stonewalling.
0: So we don't want to be repetitive. But (laughs) um, when people stonewall, one of the things that you said, that just like jumped out was people say, I don't care. And saying I don't care. (sighs) First of all, it's not phraseology that you want to get used to saying. You don't want to make a habit of saying, I don't care. I don't Mm -hmm. care. I don't care what you do. I don't care where you go. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. Because the first thing is, that's not true. Right.
1: You don't care. The
0: truth is, you do care. (laughs) And you probably care so much Mm -hmm. that to avoid feeling the pain and the hurt that this person is causing, that phraseology is your mechanism to shut you down. Yeah, It's your phraseology to say you are getting ready to take me somewhere in a place of pain yeah. that I don't want to be. Right. So to prevent that, mm-hmm. I will tell myself and you and anybody else listening, I don't care. The problem is, again, family, that's not true. You do care. You absolutely do care. What's needed in that moment is a way to wrap Language around what's really happening so that you can get to the root of it and resolve it as opposed to just letting it linger stonewalling lets things linger yeah and if you're a person so so here's another thing I'm just going because I always tell our business Um, Frank is an introvert and I am not (laughs) I am not. <laughs> and so when there is conflict, introverts tend to stonewall. To be quiet. To be quiet because they're like, I'm not. I'm just not. We're I'm just not. When extroverts stonewall, it is for fear of blowing up. Mm-hmm. It is that fear of, I could hurt you with my words and I know it. So let me shut down. Mm-hmm. so that I don't have to deal with what we're arguing about in the first place and the fact that I hurt you. And that can also apply to the introvert as well. It can. Yes. It can. It can. And so we don't want to we don't want to generalize, we don't right. want to stereotype anybody. <laughs> um but I think a lot of the research yeah. is based in introverts have these behaviors and extroverts have different behaviors. And so stonewalling can be a way that you intend to protect your heart it's not even about the other person it's just you're trying to protect yourself but if you are partnered with someone who is a talker Mm -hmm. who is a peacemaker who is a peacekeeper Mm -hmm. who needs to hash it out and you Mm -hmm. stonewall Mm -hmm. it sends messages that your silence didn't intend and so that person is left with their own thoughts their own Mm -hmm. assumptions Mm -hmm. their own everything Mm -hmm. about what your silence means and I think we said in another episode silence can be loud oh so when you stonewall and you shut someone down you're saying I don't care Mm -hmm. with your silence Mm -hmm. and that might not be the case either so it's really one of those things where you have to look at am I doing that Mm -hmm. Is that one of the silent killers in our relationship? Mm-hmm. And if I'm doing that, what is a healthier way for me to respond to conflict other than to shut down?
1: And so as far as the question of am I doing that, like if you walk out in the middle of a conversation, just walk off without warning or explanation. First of all,
0: that's disrespectful. <laughs> I'm just going to say
1: this: if you refuse to talk or let's say um, give reason for not talking. Um, if you dismiss if a person's dis- concern, dis- you're dismissive, that. flip it. Uh, if you engage in passive, aggressive type Shh. behavior. Don't do that, family. Don't do that. Don't do that's that. That's just a few.
0: Yeah.
1: And like, you know, like Sheila said, and, and I, I just want to make it like it is because the way we live in this day and time, you know, all of this, you know, he, I'm doing me. He doing me. I'm doing me. I'm not. You, that ain't helping you. Down inside, as my, my wife said, you are
0: hurting. Yes, you are. Yes, you are.
1: So don't put on a show. Very entertaining.
0: Don't put on a show and don't exit stage left. Because that's what <laughs> stonewalling is when you just walk out. So just be mindful, be mindful family. Of just mind just be mindful. Cause this is one of those things yeah. that could be silently yeah. killing yes. your relationship. And over
1: time it will kill it.
0: Yeah. So Erosion. that's
1: number one. Again, that's stonewalling. So uh, number two. <laughs> number two. Well, why is it going to take number two?
0: Um. So this one is a hard one. That's why I try to be a little So the second way, um, the second silent killer is sarcasm. Sarcasm is about being snarky, um, throwing shade. Um, it's about saying a thing, but not saying a thing. Um, and it can be an absolute detriment because some of the time the sarcasm is intended to lighten or bring humor to a situation that is heavy. Yeah. It's to bring lightness to it. That's usually the intention of the person that's being sarcastic. Like, this is heavy. Let me lift this up. And I'm just going to say something snarky. I'm going to say something smart-alecky. And we're going to lighten it up. But to the person that's hurting, it doesn't. it's not received that way. It can't possibly be received that way. Even if they know that's part of your personality, that's part of your nature. Um, so we want to be careful with sarcasm. Because, number one, everything ain't funny. Right. Hurt feelings aren't funny. Pain isn't funny. And if you are in a um, challenging conversation with your partner and your response is to say something sarcastic, hmm. you have to think about how those words land mm-hmm. and where they land yeah. on your partner. Um and, and the truth is everybody's recovery time isn't the same. Yeah. And you could say something in jest, you could say something in fun, you could say something to lighten the load, you could say something to distract from the heat of the moment. Right. But the person that's involved, the person that's engaged in the conflict with you may not take it the way you intended it. Yeah. Yeah. And so there it leaves a lot to be desired. It leaves a lot of room for the imagination. And it also leaves an opportunity for the enemy to come in and replace your sarcasm with a version of truth that might not be accurate. And that's what's hard about that, because that sarcasm we back to, I don't care. Mm -hmm. I don't care. This doesn't matter to me. Your pain isn't important to me. What you're talking to, uh, to me about isn't important to me. And then once the enemy gets in that, that starts a tape. That yeah. starts a narrative. Yeah. And now not only is the person having to deal with what the initial conflict was about, mm-hmm. they're having to deal with your response. Mm-hmm. And all of, all of that just it's like a it's like the snowball effect. It just keeps rolling and getting mm-hmm. bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and that person is, is still left with the yeah. bag. Yeah. They're left with the bag of their own pain. Yeah, because first off, when they brought it up, they were serious. <sighs> it came from a
1: place of hurt, pain, yeah. and seriousness. Secondly, with the sarcasm, it can be interpreted, oh, that's what you really think. Right. That's how you really feel. Right. And for a person who <sighs> their coping mechanism is sarcasm, this is definitely an area that, in the moment you have to be mindful of.
0: And to. to be honest, if you're a sarcastic person by nature, you have a track record, yeah of what the consequences of that have been. Exactly, you know and you might not want to do that again. <laughs> like if yeah. you've got a track record of, mm-hmm. you know, this is the way I deal with conflict, this is the way mm-hmm. I deal with trauma, drama, pain, challenges. if your track record doesn't support sarcasm, (laughs) then you might want to revisit that and go, okay, maybe sarcasm isn't always the best response. Right. Okay.
1: All right. So the next one.
0: So my husband says, I'm always the heavy one, right? So this one is heavy. This one is heavy. (laughs) So one of the number three, and there are, there are 10,000 more, but we're just using these just to give you something to think about family. Yeah. So number 3 is resentment. And to be quite honest, I have been having a lot of conversations with women and a couple men about resentment. Yeah. Um this is not um scientific data. <laughs> this is my own Um, conclusion based on research and working with families, working with couples, working with women. Resentment is a seed. And if we really told the truth, bitterness breeds resentment. Like it starts with bitterness. And so what is bitterness about? Bitterness is about I'm upset because my partner is doing or saying something and I believe it's intentional. Like, you know that I don't like this thing, but you keep doing it anyway. You know that I hate it when you leave your shoes all over the place. You know that I don't like it when you don't put the toilet seat down. You know that I don't like it when you leave the the heel of the bread in the bag and don't you know you know you know these things and yet you do them any anyway that creates bitterness and that bitterness breeds resentment it's like there's a seed and then there's the germination of that seed right when that seed busts open it's resentment yeah the seed is bitterness like you're like some there are episodes there are experiences that cause the bitterness Mm -hmm. but when that seed cracks open when the shell of that seed cracks open so something can start growing. That process is resentment because the resentment has to do with I ruminate. So now I got a list of times that you have done a thing, said a thing or not said a thing when I felt like you needed to or you should have. And I'm resentful. And that breeds anger. Yeah. It turns into anger, family. And that anger turns into rage. And rage turns into a roar. So I'm going to go back through it one more time. And I'm really, 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 really talking to my sisters. But I know that our kind kings out there can relate.
1: Yeah.
0: It starts with bitterness. It starts with, I feel like you are doing X intentionally. Yeah. And it is a, it is a complete disregard for my feelings. It's, it, it's a disregard for what I've asked of you. It is bitterness. Once that seed cracks open, it opens the door for resentment and resentment is when you ruminate. You keep thinking about it. You keep adding incident after incident. You keep adding story after story. Now I'm resentful. Mm -hmm. I'm resentful. That makes way for anger and anger is when I start treating you different. Anger is when I, when I withhold myself from you. I withhold sex from you. When I'm not kind to you. When the compassion is gone. When the gentleness is gone. When the inf- affection is gone. Because it's replaced by my anger. Right. And then that anger turns into rage. Now I'm going to get you back. Right. Now Because anger will make you ignore. Mm-hmm. Anger. You can be mad and not say a word. Mm-hmm. You can be angry and say, I'm not going to speak to him for three days. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to talk to you. But rage makes you act. Rage makes you do a thing. Rage makes you say, now I'm going to hurt you like you hurt me.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? And then that rage turns into a roar. Now I'm so impacted by this path, this journey, Mm -hmm. that my roar is affecting everybody. My roar isn't just at you anymore. I'm hollering at the kids. I'm fussing at work. I'm cussing everybody out in traffic. That's the roar. And so we are absolutely going to have a whole conversation at some point. I'm going. I'm going to do it because I'm seeing this over and over and over again: bitterness, resentment, anger, rage, roar. We're going to talk about it, but we're going to move on to today. But we're going to talk about that because I think. Pe- I think if I think if people can understand that that's a journey, mm-hmm. and that anywhere on that journey you can pause, stop, and say, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Where am I at?" Mm-hmm. I'm at anger. Let me back up. Yeah, because once it's internalized... Woo! But that's the whole thing. Yeah, it's, 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 it's all yeah, internalized. It's internalized. It, has, it yeah. has nothing to do... As yeah. a matter of fact, none of these stages have anything to do with someone else right. until you get to rage. Wow. That whole angry black woman thing has nothing to do with anybody else. It's perceived. It's a perception about How a black woman shows up in a place, how she talks, her tone, her body language it has nothing to do. It doesn't mean that she did anything to anybody. It's, oh, you just showed up. And because of your behaviors, I can tag you as angry. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So that's why I say anger doesn't have to have anything to do with Mm. anybody else. It doesn't have to have, um, it doesn't have, have to have an action. You can be angry with no action. Rage comes with an action. Yeah rage comes with an action. I'm, a, I'm getting ready to do something. I'm getting ready to fix you. I'm getting, ready to, I'm getting ready to get you back. You hurt me once. I hurt you twice. I'm getting ready to get you. And the roar is when you pivot from the person who, who is the cause of the bitterness outward. Yeah. It's like, it's now it's not even about you no more. I'm yelling at the kids. I'm kicking the dog. I'm scratching the cat. I'm doing all kinds of stuff. Mm. But that sequence is a sequence that we as women and as humans, period, need to understand. And if we take the time to intentionally think about where am I on this journey, where am mm-hmm. I in this path, then I can change my behavior so I have a different result.
1: And I think it's just you talk about those stages and say, like, and as a couple, or a married folk, you got to notice a man has to see he has to see something is not right. We can feel it. We might not say nothing, okay. But we can feel it, you know. Whether you you sad, angry, I pray before it get to rage. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like you you can sense when the the atmosphere when there's tension when it's not right in the house. Yeah. Now whether you choose to yeah. address it is a whole different It's a thing. whole different thing. Yeah. And so.
0: So we're going to have a whole soulful conversation about that because I still feel it in my spirit. So like, like I can talk about that because we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it, family. Okay. So let's start back from the top. The four quiet killers that are sabotaging your relationships are stonewalling, because these are all silent things. Stonewalling, sarcasm, and resentment. And our fourth one is criticism, criticism.
1: Being very critical and continuously being so criti- critical to the point where the habitual criticism becomes detrimental to the relationship and to the person criticism can wear a person down chip oh, at yeah. a person,
0: oh yeah oh yeah,
1: can oh, chip yeah. like at the to the core of a person. Mm-hmm. And they can feel less than a person, self-esteem, a whole lot of areas when that whole critical spirit, when a person can't do anything right, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that weighs emotionally and mentally on a person. And if you get into, you can get a person dysfunctional with habitual criticism. And at the rate and the way that you come at somebody. If they're perceiving like, and then to now, then they'll be standoffish because it's like now you're having communications issues because if I say something, you're going to be critical. So then it's a whole nother issue. So the whole criticism thing is um is, it, that's, that's a silent killer. And I, I don't think people see it with that weight, mm-hmm. but it, it, it's weighty. And as I mentioned in the beginning, the habitual criticism, the continuous criticizing wears down your significant other, your, your boo, your babe, your wife, your Your partner, your kids, all of that. It it has effects on people. And I think sometimes, and I'll go here to go here. If criticism is in your, your upbringing, when you marry somebody and if a person has come from a background where they are un- unaware of the criticism that they receive growing up or, or through life and they get into a relationship that unknown that you didn't know, that yes, you had the conversations, you asked questions, you talk, oh yeah, me, we ha- we know each other. You got your representative. We know each other. Oh yeah, we didn't have we didn't have some soul, soul soulful <laughs> conversations, we know, but you really don't know. And then when that starts to manifest. That's when you have this whole thing of your act of criticism as the, as the person in this relationship now triggers what was out there before. And that person is now trying to
0: manage. So I have a other side of the pillow for that. What's your other side of the pillow? Because I don't think criticism can be silent. So I don't think that you can be a critical person on the low. If you're a critical Mm -hmm. person, everybody know you critical. (laughs) (laughs) the issue is you don't always know that you're critical and, and, and what you, and, and I'm going to use me as an example. I'm going to use me as an example. Um, raised in a wonderful home. Love my parents. May they rest in peace. But what was pointed out to me growing up was what was wrong faster than what was right. Oh. So if you grow up in an environment where someone is always saying it's something on your shoe, your slip is hanging. Those dishes aren't all the way clean. You could have got an A on that. Did you really try your best? Like, And the people who are doing that to you are doing it from a place of love. And are doing it from a place of, I see better in you. I know you can do better. I know you know better. And they're, and in their minds, they're just bringing it to your attention, right? So, you grow up like that, um, which I did, right? Mm-hmm. I worked a job when I first moved to Richmond, where it was my job to find what was wrong. Mm-hmm. And I was good at it. Very good. I couldn't turn that off when I got home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it was silent. I'll give you this. It was silent for me because I didn't know I was being critical. I just thought, Oh, I'm finding what's wrong. I'm helping. I'm helping you make the correction. Right. But to a person whose love language is different, like if a, if a person whose love language is words of affirmation <laughs> to a person who is an introvert to a person who is emotionally sensitive, mm-hmm. All they hear is the slash of the criticism. They don't hear the love in it. And so this one is a tricky one. I don't think criticism can be quiet. I think criticism comes Mm -hmm. in what we say, how we act, how we respond to things. Mm -hmm. But I think it can be silent to the sayer. Mm -hmm. It can be silent to us because we don't realize wait, you're just being really critical right now. And, and, like you really think, like, I, I will speak for me. I really think I'm helping when I yeah. say sugar, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Or when just, I say whatever, 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 whatever I'm saying, right. I think I'm being helpful. helpful I think right. I am making you aware.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. I don't, I don't intend mm. for it to be, critical, like harsh, like I'm being mean, like it's really, it's really all in love. But one of the things, first of all, being married to him made me come to myself and made me aware that that's what I was doing. And your mom helped me because I never heard his mama say nothing bad, nothing negative, nothing critical about anybody. And so I started listening to what she was saying and I was like, well, why is she saying her dress cute when it's a spot on it? Or why, you know, like, why is she saying her shoes look cute and they dirty? Or, you know, like, and I and I wasn't thinking like, oh, somebody should just tell her, like, wipe that off. Or somebody should just tell her, oh, you got something on you. And she couldn't, that wasn't her way. That wasn't her thing, right? But what helped me, the other thing that helped me other than you, because I really believe that your mother is the single human being who helped make me be aware mm-hmm. that I was critical but being um, humble enough to accept and hear that and receive that and know, okay, wait, I can do something different. The something different I started doing was be curious. Mm. So now instead of saying, "Ooh, it's something on your shoe, I'm saying, hey, I wonder what happened before she got here. So now the question is, are you okay? It's right. not, "Ooh, you got something on your shoe. Right. You know what I'm saying? So being curious Can help you if you struggle with criticism. And I'm just saying, whether you are male or female, whether you're a queen or a kind king, if you are a person who sees what's wrong, Mm -hmm. don't beat yourself up about it, but start making an intentional effort to think about what am I saying and how can that be perceived Mm -hmm. and how can I turn this into curiosity and a question as opposed to pointing out a flaw or pointing out something that's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I because so. I struggle with that. Yeah, I, I mean, so. I struggle, with, and and I catch myself because, like, we could be watching TV. Yeah, she <laughs> so first of all, HD TV is wrong because it shows everything, right? So I can be, we can be watching TV, and mm-hmm. if I walk past the TV and I'm up close, I'm like, oh, why did they let her get on TV like that? Or oh, what? And and it's or not meant. <laughs> <laughs> it's not meant. To be critically critical in a negative way. Yeah. I'm querying. I'm asking. How? What's wrong here? How did this happen? Why did
1: somebody allow Why this? Why
0: did thing? somebody allow this? Yeah. Right. And if you are not a person. Who can understand it, that maybe that's just the way the person was mm-hmm. raised or maybe mm-hmm. that's the way the person. Mm -hmm. You just take it as criticism. You just take it. You always finding the wrong something that's wrong. You always having something negative to say. And it's not that Mm -hmm. all the time from everybody's heart. Some people's heart is just legitimately. I want to help you. Like, let me get that for you. Or let me fix that for you. Or let me help you. And it doesn't always it's not always taken that way. And what's I
1: had to learn, like with you, like our situation, that it was more so curiosity.
0: It became became curiosity. curiosity. It wasn't curiosity. Well, it was. It it, it was curious because it (laughs) was like, like,
1: it was was more so like, it was kind of a place like, like you see someone, you say, I just don't understand why somebody would let such and such and such, 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 Right. And once I realized, okay, that's, that's what she's That's what it's really. Now, when you are critical, I just, okay. uh -uh. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And he does. Mm -hmm. And I let him. Mm -hmm. See, that's that accountability piece. Like, you got to let people check you. You got to let people say, girl, what you talking about? Why are you talking about that like that? You know, you got to be able to do that. So we just went off. (laughs) It was good. But I hope that helps somebody because I didn't realize how critical I was until I started raising kids, until I started looking at the tears well up in their eyes when I say it's something, when I think I'm helping, but it's really hurting, right? Um, And being self-aware enough to stop and pause. But these are four things, quiet killers um, that can sabotage your relationship. So we're going to go through them one more time and we're going to get out your way. The first one is stonewalling. You don't want to get in a habit of shutting down and withdrawing, walking away from conflict because it leaves a narrative that your silence It might not be right it might not be accurate right sarcasm we want to be careful not just of what we say but how we say it because we don't want to be flippant yeah we don't want to be um, snarky on the low or snarky obviously like let me dig let me dig at you let me jab at you with my words Um, and sometimes sarcasm is used by people who cannot spar well who cannot Mm -hmm. argue well Mm -hmm. with their words so because I can't match you with what I know I I say something sarcastic sarcastic. because that's a way to cut you because you know too much and you are talking too much okay resentment one more time bitterness leads to resentment resentment leads to anger anger leads to rage and rage leads to a roar we will do a whole teaching on that because that's powerful and if you know where you are in that journey then you can pull out some tools to help you so that you are not harmful while you are recovering right and then the last one was criticism and again with that one we just want you to shift that be aware am i being am i being critical is what i'm saying critical can it be taken that way even if my heart's intent is something else and if that's true be open to hearing that feedback from the people that you love whether it's your spouse or your children your employees your neighbors your girlfriends whoever be open to hearing that, like, yeah, you are kind of critical. Yeah. You are kind of critical. And then do the work to figure out why you're critical. I had to do the work to figure out why I'm critical and why it's a natural thing. I'm good at it. Like, I was, that was my job. Find what's wrong, right? Right, right, um, right. And then the way that you can start working on that as an act of inner work is to be curious instead of critical. Start asking yourself a question as opposed to pointing something out. Be
1: curious instead of critical.
0: Yeah yeah
1: so that's it family
0: wow that was long we're sorry it's
1: all good good stuff we hope we hope that um, we hope it was helpful said is going to help so much yeah so we um we thank you all for for watching on our yes. YouTube channel we thank you for listening, listening on your favorite podcast app we appreciate each and every one of you if you haven't subscribed please do and hit that notification bell so you'll know when we produce that next conversation
0: and share it Yes, share. Just share it. Just share, share it. Because you never know. Like, 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 like we always say, if it's not for you, put it in your treasure box. Oh, I like that. And then share it with someone else because you might need it later, but it might be for someone else right now. Because sharing is caring. Caring. That's so funny that you keep saying that. That's so <laughs> from funny. one like the Care Bears or something. I don't know. Cartoon's way back in the day. We, we love you, family. We
1: love you, family. I am Uncle Frank,
0: and I am Auntie Sheila.
1: We'll talk with you soon.
0: Take care, family, and be well. Peace. Bye-bye.